Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another episode of the Causeway Street Podcast. My name is Joel Pavone. Dutra back from Disney. He decided that you know it wasn't time yet to to you know purchase a home yet down in, down in Florida. So he, he wanted to see the Celtics do do their thing, you know, against the Bucks. So he, he came back. He came back. So gotta appreciate that. And, and our third man in, we got Zach coming out of the bullpen. Zach Pelican of CausewayStreet.com filling in for Joe Sway, who's on his way down to South Beach. Right? He'll check in, you know, at some point. Uh, during this series, but you know, three man crew. Let me ask. You, let me ask you something. If you talk to Sway today, is he excited that Stephen A. Smith is about going to South Beach? No, Stephen A. is always excited <laughs> about going to South Beach. <laughs> going to catch him on first take today. <laughs> always like, excited, yo. Uh, so when when he thought when he thought at some point that the Celtics were going to lose the series, he was like, "I got to go to Milwaukee." He's like, "Nah, fuck Milwaukee." He's like, "I don't want to go there." And it's like you're the only one that gets excited to go to different like destinations when it comes to like the NBA playoffs. But I, I, I get it. You know, it's South beach. I mean, it's not like it's winter time right now here. In, no, he, in, he, in he Northeast. Has, I mean, he's got something devious planned from the way he was talking about it today. I don't know what the hell he's going to do down there, but well, I mean, unless he's going to meet James Harden at a strip club, I don't know what else he's got going on, but Celtics guys game seven, a masterpiece by none other than Grant Williams. You know, I don't know if you guys have heard, but not all heroes wear capes, right? So in this case, <laughs> Grant Williams dropping 27, career high, a game high. He had more than fucking Giannis, for God's sakes. 27 points, seven three-pointers. And apparently, E-May gave him the green light to just just go nuts. Seven out of 18 from three-point land. I mean, I did I did predict this, that Grant Williams would go off. <laughs> this was wild. You're a goddamn liar is what you are. <laughs> oh. I mean... Win one, lose one, win one, lose one, and then it just turned out to, you know, the first team to win two in a row was going to win the series. And, you know, the Celtics, after the game five, 14-point lead, they blew that. And you go to Milwaukee. Not only that, by the way, real quick, 
both teams won two in a row and lost two at home, which I thought was weird, interesting. But um, Celtics put it together, obviously, in game six with Jason Tatum going off for 46. And then in game seven, it was an all-around team win. And just too much to handle for, for the Bucks down the stretch. Well, I think so. The series itself probably should have ended earlier than it did. The oh, game yeah. was brutal. Of course. Probably, but we probably it probably could have only went five. To be honest, if they sneak out, I mean, Mike Wilbon yeah. on ESPN was was saying that right before right before Game Six, he was like, "Yo, Southern should have won this, you know, in five. Yeah, wasted wasted everyone's time. It was good basketball though, so whatever. We'll take a seven game series, but um, yeah, I I think it, what it showed was just the Celtics. They are in it for the long run. From from what I saw, like they they didn't play a perfect series, but they faced adversity, and I think for the first time, probably, you know, the Isaiah Thomas years, the team actually came through against adversity, which is, which I, I once they went down 3-2, I was, I don't know about you guys, but I was very nervous about how that was going to end in six, and then they lose it, and then and then that's a lost opportunity. So that's my biggest thing coming out of it, outside of friggin' Grant Williams game, Al Horford game, Jason Tatum, just... Put putting it to another level. Jalen Brown game in game one, like every, it seemed like they had everything working in different ways. Zach, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> did you think it was going to play out the way it did? And and when they were down three two, did you give them a, a shot? No, I mean when we talked to him at the beginning of the uh, the series, I thought going into it because of the Middleton injury, I looked at it and I said Celtics in five, maybe six if it gets really crazy. So. I did not – I thought going into it that the Celtics were going to have a distinct edge. My confidence was shaken in game one. When you drop that game at home, you lose home court advantage right out of the gate. And, you know, I kind of sat back and said, okay, the, the series isn't over, but you got, you already have a hill to climb at that point in time. And, um, you know, that, that game five, you know, that – I'm not going to lie. I looked at that and I said that was probably going to be the end of it. I had no faith at that point. And for them to go out, win a tough grinding game in Milwaukee, come back at home, dominate the way that they did, I didn't see it. I really didn't see it. But this is the kind of thing that you have to do to win championships. This is the kind of way you win championships. You face adversity. You beat that adversity. Unlike another series that we might talk about in a few minutes, this is what you have to do. You have to go through it. You have to be able to battle back. In this series, I mean, if we go back just a couple of years ago, it actually reminds me a lot of the Toronto series that you had in the bubble. Yeah, It was very similar in a lot of regards to to that series. Now, the hopes are, going on to Miami, you get a little (laughs) bit better or a little bit different of a – of a situation there, but you know, I mean, th- this was a series where I thought, you know, we saw the best of uh, Jason Tatum in, in Game Six and Seven. We saw him where he was able to be a distributor, be a scorer, be everything that he was capable of being. Uh, I thought Jalen Brown at times when he was able to get aggressive, get to the rim. We saw a great version of him this series, and then Grant Williams. I mean, breakout star. I mean, you know, it, did he it, did he play more than two good games in this whole series? No, he didn't. That was it. That's all he, he needed. It, he bookended. It was game two. He had a good game, and then game yeah. he had a good game. Yeah. Every every other game in between, he he was he was sitting in the fourth quarters of some of those games. Yeah. 
No, I was, I was talking to Zach off off air, and I I felt like he had a he had a, a great game six defensively, right? Yep. And then the two games prior to that, he was he couldn't get anything going on either end of the floor. And I think in game seven, when he made likes to, yeah, you know, Robert Williams was available, but you know what? We're sticking with you. And guess what? Go nuts. Go nuts from three-point land. And then he, he, yeah. he put it together. He put it together in game seven as a starter because I felt like he was always a better bench player, obviously, right? He's, he proved that in round one, proved that in game two of this series. And he, he just was finally, uh, I guess he may finally had to tell him, yo, like, what else are you good at? If you're not, if you're open, <laughs> like if you're open, like, you know, shoot that shit. You know what I mean? Like they're, 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 they're giving you that. They're giving you that all day long. Shoot it. Cause he was it's like turning down shots. I mean, if I have to watch him try to drive to the rim again and lose the ball, like a freaking, oh my gosh, ugliest thing in the world. But I'll tell you what, he's got a lot of characteristics of, he's kind of like a, a merger of like a big baby Davis in some ways. And <laughs> hey, like, there you go. He's, he's got a couple of different players in him, but. I'll tell you what, this was a series where, you know, just like Sean was saying, where I felt like he kind of bookended. He looked great in that game two. He looked great in game seven. Defensively, you know, I, I've said all year long that I kind of thought people were overrating him, but watching him through this series, if he gets the right type of player for him to defend, like a Giannis, where his low leverage is giving him an advantage, he is fantastic. I mean, he's got Charles Barkley, you know, characteristics to him where he's just, you can't move him. Those two or three plays, I, I, I forget who it was that came in hard on him last night. That was, it was underneath the basket. It might have been Brooke Lopez. And he just absorbed the contact and just blew the guy away. And he went right on the floor. I was like, holy shit. Like, was, or, or the, it, was, it was just like impressively strong. Yeah, or the Bobby Porter's uh, breakaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He challenges him. He th- I thought it was going to be a dunk right on, right on Grant. And Grant was like, yeah. nope, and not today. Yeah. So, like, little little things like that, little plays where you're like, yo, this, this dude can legit be your, yeah. your 3 and D guy. And he's got. He's we, got the we, Draymond, we would have saw that. He's got that Draymond light kind of feel to him. You know, I, I don't think he's quite the ball handler of a Draymond, which is, you know, that's going to take away a, a little bit in terms of being able to pass and move the basketball. But I think next couple of years, I think his shooting's going to be better than what you get from a Draymond Green. And I think defensively, I mean, he's a th- at least a three three position uh, or, or a three spot. Um, defensive guy where he's going to be able to take on smaller centers. He can definitely defend most powerful. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's you know slowly working his way up the Mount Rushmore of, of all time power forwards, and then I think he's quick enough to where he can he can guard up against most small forwards as well. So, I mean, he's a versatile guy that, like I said on Twitter, I think it was this morning when I when I was throwing my thoughts up there, I was like, you know what? I mean, when Al's ready to step away, he might be your starting four going forward. You know, he might be able to handle that spot and handle it well. I will say this, though. Coming out of Game 7, I do not ever want to see him shoot 17. Yeah, I don't care how many he's hitting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't ever want to see him shoot that many. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. They gave, him, they gave him the green light for Game 7 Game 7 only. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like E-Mate said it. Your pass. It is revoked. Jalen, yeah, Jalen and 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 uh, Tatum were like, oh, you know, it was great, but like he, he better get used to that shit. It was, yeah, a, yeah. it was a game of chicken, bro. It was yeah. like Budenholzer was like, he's not gonna let him shoot it seventeen times. <laughs> open, and Ime was like, no, bro. We're gonna <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it was like flashbacks of Game Two all over again. They just just kept, you know, let him letting him shoot. They just kept daring him to shoot. But you know what else? You know what else was funny though. His first maybe like like four or five threes were like way off. I'm like, good. I yeah. was like, yo. And then when he made like two or three or four in like in a row, I was like, okay, this might be you know his. It might be this this type of game. And then he just kept shooting. 
and yeah. shooting. And I was like, oh. But the Celtics overall, 22 threes, NBA record for the most threes and made threes in a, in a game seven. You know, when that shot's going down, it makes things so much easier for the Celtics on both ends. Yeah, it, it, yeah exactly. And, and it gives you at least four guys on the court at any given time. And in some cases, five guys on the court at any given time that can't hit it from the outside. And that's always been the Brad Stevens into what we're now seeing with uh, Ime Yadoka's offense, where if you can get that space, and, and, and it's an NBA transition to the way offenses work nowadays, but if you have five guys who can knock down the perimeter shot, it gives you a distinct advantage. And, you know, in Boston, you know, I, I've argued that at times the Celtics fall in love with the three a little bit too much. And for a team that maybe has one all-time shooter on it right now, Jason Tatum, you're not the Golden State Warriors of five years ago. You know, you don't have two and three guys who are all-time shooters. So for you to be shooting 45, 50, 55 threes in a game, that's ridiculous. You know, that you, you, you're asking yourself to lose by doing that. And we even saw it a couple of times last night where the game was not away. And they had a few possessions where they got the ball into the paint, deep into the paint, and probably had pretty good shots at the rim. I think Horford had one. Uh, Marcus Smart had Tatum, Tatum had a couple. Yeah. And they kicked it out, which, you know what? If, if, if they're defending the rim and you can't get to the rim, fine. I get that. But if they're not defending the rim and you've got an easy deuce, I don't know if we need to be kicking that out. But, you know, last night was one of those games where they rolled the dice and holy because <laughs> they've shot threes all year and it just started to work towards the end of the year but like yeah. early in the year they were the definition of jacking up threes like it was <laughs> tatum dribbling shooting a three brown dribbling three like honestly if we're moving the ball the way we're moving the ball and that shot's open like you have to take it and if it happens 50 times a game then we got people that can hit wide open shots. Yeah, like, I think I think it's more so the Bucks how they were defending. They're like, all right, you know, you gonna you want to shoot fifty times from behind the arc, then we might give know. we might give you like thirty five of those. Because I have no clue the Bucks game defensive game plan in games game six and game seven. It's no adjustments whatsoever, though. They had Brooke Lopez on the floor defending. I literally don't know what he was doing defensively. Like, what was he? What was he doing? No one <laughs> kept him in the game. I mean, Zach, like, Zach was worried. Zach was worried about Brooke Lopez at, at, at first half, half. I did not like that. I was sitting there like that son of a bitch. If he's the reason that they win this game, I'm gonna puke. I was yeah. like, I was like, he's done. He's done. I think he scored like four more points the rest of the game. I was like, fuck that guy. At one point, I got I, I got I to mention this. At one point, I felt like in the third quarter when they were starting to get a little bit gassed, I felt like they were trying to play like the Celtics. Giannis would drive the lane and then kick it out to Holiday or kick it out to Connaughton, and I'm like, yo, why are y'all trying to play like the Celtics right now? Y'all don't have the shooters like the Celtics do. Yeah. But I just I just thought that that was a sign of him like being yeah. gassed at He's that exhausted. point. He was like, exhausted. I, He's like, I'm doing everything here. Like, what the fuck? But that, that happened. That that seemed to happen. Like, yes, he put up stats, but most of his stats in the first quarter. And the four, fourth quarter of game six. 15 to 25. Game seven, like, we not there. He's gassed. That's that's what he needed Chris Middleton. So that's that's. Especially when he's playing 45, 46, 47 minutes a game. Yeah. For seven <laughs> games. <laughs> But I get it. Thing now, I don't when we're going to transition to talk about the Heat series. But like the fact that the Celtics were so successful shooting threes, and like that's like let's be honest. If they didn't hit three pointers, then that's a thing that they can do against every team. And 
Well, I mean, no. we 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 talked about that after the after the Brooklyn series, right? We we're like, can this be sustainable? And I don't know. I just seem it's just you say no, no like just uh, just taking a look at it real quick and just be like, no, that's not sustainable. But then I think if you're um, if you're seeing that the defense isn't collapsing on you, and like you said, Sean, like if you had an open three, you're not going to take it. Like, so you're going to take it. Yeah. So that, they were playing off of that defensively. The Celtics. I thought they were, you know, top notch for, you know, a good chunk of this series. And even in the games that they lost, it's like, damn, you know, like one a couple of things would have gone the other way. I'm not going to talk about the rest because, you know, we know we know where that conversation is going to lead to. Right. It's one of those things where if the, if the Celtics don't pay that much attention to what the refs or how the refs are calling the games and just kind of just find a way to play around it, then they have that much of a uh, a better chance to, to win against anybody. Right. Even even a even uh, against a superstar like like onto the Kumpo. But I don't know, like any 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 final thoughts you guys about this series that that I thought was pretty, you know, unpredictable game to game. Um like I said, I mean it was one of those series that uh you know, going into it I felt good. <laughs> about halfway through about the game game 5, I was like, ah, we, we we blew this thing. We blew it out of our asses. And then six and seven, you show the resiliency. And I'll tell you what, it kind of patterned very similarly to the way that this season went. You know, the first half of the year, it was dog poo. And then they show up in the the second half of the year, right after New Year's, and they kind of figured it out. And, um, you know, I I think the number one thing that you take out of this series is that if they face resiliency or if they face, uh, you know, difficulties going forward, I don't think there's another team in the playoffs that's going to be much more difficult for them than Milwaukee, in all honesty. And I think for them to prove it against a team that just won it as the defending NBA champion, that's a huge thing going forward. That's going to be really big for them. Just just a quick comment on the defense, um, defense versus threes. Brooklyn didn't play any defense in the first round. Milwaukee played defense actively to protect the, the basket versus trying to defend the three-point line. Mm-hmm. You left Grant Williams open. Mm-hmm. You left, for a couple of games, Al Horford open. You know, and, and they paid for it because Boston was able to get those shooters open, be able to get into the paint, kick out, and make those shots. Going forward, I don't think they're going to get that same approach from anyone else. So if they rely on the three-ball the way that they have through these first two rounds, I think they're maybe putting themselves in a little bit of an issue here, but very, very good win. And I think again, Milwaukee was the one team in this play in this playoffs out of anyone, West Coast or or uh, Western Conference or Eastern Conference, as the one team that I looked at and said, if anyone's going to be able to have an advantage on them and knock them out, that was the team I was worried about. For them to do it and, and be able to beat them and convince them, convincingly beat them, no Rob Williams, and with no Rob Williams, 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 essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you put it told the beginning. Giannis was going to be able to drive to the paint with no Rob Williams presence. I would have been like, "Fuck, we have no chance." Yeah, I mean that was a lot of talking heads, like on like like Perk and 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 Shaq. They was all like, you know, if Rob Williams is healthy, then yeah, you know, they got they got the best chance in the world to not just beat the Bucks but come out of the East. And it was like a game to game thing where you're like, "Is Rob going to play? If Rob plays, then it might change." But time and time again, Ime is like, "Nope, we're going to go this way." We're gonna go. We're, we're we're going this route, and this is the route we're taking. This is what got us here, and this is what he keeps doing, and it's it's been working dividends so far. Yep. Yeah. The way the way I look at it is like, I think in the past, like 
what now, four years, we've been looking at the Celtics team and being like, when are they going to be able to get over the hump? Yeah. And every team, but like we, we all, I think we always realize like, okay, they have what it takes on paper. It's just they keep losing these big games. Like every team that like ascended always had to beat the bullies. They beat Brooklyn, who's knocked them out last year. They now beat Milwaukee. It's a revenge tour, man. Revenge tour. And <laughs> two years ago. And then now they got Miami, who knocked them out in the last Eastern Conference Finals. Like, if you're lining up the bosses right now, this is what the Celtics need to go through <laughs> to, get to, to get to where they want to be. So, I mean, the fourth trip, fourth trip to Eastern Conference Finals in six years. Like, what I'm saying, though, is you can't underestimate the two wins. Like, they on paper, that Brooklyn series, yes, Brooklyn choked but like they beat they swept brooklyn yeah and then they take down the nba they, they, choke. they beat their asses they, that was beat their, they, they snatched their souls <laughs> and, and they beat the defending champs so also I, snatched their souls don't i don't want to hear anything about like oh you know I don't want to hear any excuses of downplaying what they've done already. What they've done is fucking impressive. Well, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get that. You're gonna get that because it happened in Brooklyn. Like after Brooklyn, level. like how did Brooklyn blow this? And now it's like, oh, how did how did the defending champions blow this? That's what it's always gonna be. And then you know what? That is a good thing for the Celtics because the, the moment they start feeling themselves, that yeah. that's not a good thing. Especially like you know, how far they've come, considering September, October to now. Miami's gonna be tough, man. Yeah, so so yeah, so let's let's switch gears a little bit. Um, we 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 touched upon uh, Robert Williams. He's available for Game One against Miami down in Miami. Uh, no minutes restriction, but now we got this Marcus Smart injury kind of hanging over. Uh, after Game Seven was seen walking with the boot on, um, questionable for Game One. If Marcus isn't ready to go. And Robert Williams is not, I don't know, 80%, 70%. Like, I don't think anything less than that, he's, he's going to be effective when it comes to Robert Williams. So I think that's another reason why they held him out for game seven. Well, probably the last, like, two or three games of that series. So it's just like, you can't just have him out there just to have him out there. Like, just have, just being a president, he doesn't, he doesn't function that way. He never has. So Robert Williams and Marcus Smart, two question marks going into game one. How do you, how do you see how this series plays out? Oh, and... Kyle Lowry is out for for the Heat for yeah. Game One as well. So, well, I I think the Kyle Lowry and Marcus Smart thing could be a little bit of a wash. Okay, and I would this is if if Marcus Smart does have to miss any time, and we saw it against Milwaukee, Derek White, it's his time to step up. Like that's he needs to be able to come in and run the offense. And he I don't like when he do, but. Uh, uh, he can, no, he can, I thought he was. I thought he was pretty key in the in the last um, uh, yeah. games five, games four, five, and six. I thought he was. He 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 picked his spots offensively, uh, defensively. And, he, he took he took a couple of charges on onto the Kumpo. I think yeah. those those oh, those, no, those I, are huge. I, I I think he's the one guy on the floor. I just don't want to take it in an open three. But other than that, I I I love what he's brought to the table. After I was pretty critical of him. Um, in some of those Nets games, but yeah, man, I mean, it's time for him to step up. It's time for him to, to go into lineup. And I think like, yeah, Bam's there. If Rob Williams can play, that's, that's positive. But as good as Bam is, I don't think he's necessarily going to beat you single-handedly like, like Giannis could. So 
I, I would take my chances with with Al. I would take my chances with Tyson slow him down. And I don't want to rush Rob back. To be honest. Yeah, that's an, that's another thing I was going to bring up. Even even though he is available, do you bring him off the bench? Do you start him? I sort of see what the fuck happens in game one without him. And it's just going back to back every other it's every other night from here on out from yep. the series. Yep. Like, wouldn't you rather bring him in in game four if you if you're you know up one or down two one or whatever the case is? Like, wouldn't you rather bring in a healthy, a very healthy Rob or, instead of push him? But I don't know. Um, if he's healthy, play him. But I, I, that's that's my two cents on it. Yeah, exactly. How do you how do you see this matchup compared to like Milwaukee, Miami, Milwaukee? Two different different uh, beats here when when it comes to their offense and defense. Yeah, very different. I mean, the, the big thing here, the big difference here is that I think for the first time uh, in maybe potentially in these playoffs for Boston, they will have the best player on the basketball court, Jason Tatum, far and away, uh, not just in a singular game, but for the whole series going into it. They um, they will have the superior player, the number one guy going into this series. And Jalen Brown's not too far away from being the second best player in this series either. So they've got a distinct advantage, I think, in terms of talent, in terms of players on the court. My hopes are that they go into this and take it personally because this is the you know the bubble series that tripped them up. Uh, Miami is a good team. They're, I don't think they're a great team, but they are a very good team. Uh, and I think with Kyle Lowry, that's going to be a really interesting piece to this because if he is not 100% for this series, I think Miami's at a huge disadvantage, similar to the way that Milwaukee was uh, last round because – Lowry's their X factor. He's Big. won a championship. He's been out there before. He has gone through all this. He has won in these moments before. Whereas Jimmy Butler, as great a player and great a career as he has had, he hasn't. You know, he he's struggled. You know, he's made what what one finals in his entire career, and they lost. Same thing for Bam. Same thing for Tyler Hero. Same thing for you know a number of other guys on this team. Um, you know, in terms of the injuries for Boston. Marcus Smart, I'm not worried about. I think he his his injuries, it seems anyway, are from falling onto the basketball court. And typically, if you can ice it and you can, you know, use your your you know whatever uh, you need, usually he can play through that. You might miss a game here and there, but as long as it's not muscular, as long as it's not a joint issue, I think you're fine there. I wouldn't worry about him too too much. He's a tough guy. I do, you know, you got to give him credit there. You know, he, he is a tough guy in, in this league. The Rob Williams thing is really interesting because when he had that surgery initially, I have always seen in, in, in the past when you remove a meniscus, you got a 50-50 shot for that working out. And I'm not a doctor by any stretch of the imagination, but athletes in the past who have done that, some of them do it, they bounce right back. There's no issue. Other guys have done it, and it's ruined their careers in other sports and in basketball where they make that, that, that surgery, and they put themselves in a lot of trouble. And for a guy whose game is like 95% dependent on his athleticism, that's a dangerous call. And for a guy who already struggled with playing big-time NBA minutes and missing games, to have one more thing that is going to be a, a situation for the rest of his career now, that's pretty concerning. So, I mean, especially going into this series. Now, the, the other part of that is – do you need Robert Williams to win this series? And I think what you really got to watch out for in this one is 
how does Al Horford respond physically coming off of a very difficult series? He's now going to have Bam. He's going to have to slow him down. Doesn't mean he can't do it. We all know he can. He's going from you know dealing with Giannis some possessions to Bam. That's a huge gap there. Bam's a great player, but Giannis might be the best player. No, no disrespect to Bam, right? (laughs) Yeah, no disrespect to Bam. He's a nice player. I love him. He's he's a fantastic talent, but he is no Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, and then Grant Williams, you know, Grant Williams may take on uh, an added role here and being able to defend uh, some of the big guys uh, against Miami as well. So, you know, I, I think you got to be careful, but at the same time, it's a, is it a pain tolerance thing or is it a situation where Robert Williams can further uh, injure that knee? Because if it's pain tolerance, get your ass out there, give us what you can, and we'll figure the rest out. If it's something that can get worse and progressively worse, then you got to be a little bit more careful. This, yeah, I 100% agree, and I would lean on the side of being careful. I, I think it speaks volumes to me that he was listed active for Game 7 but never saw the floor. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, that was a smoke screen. That was all I, smoke but, but that's what I mean. So, like, why are we then rushing him back? Yeah. And you know what? We, God damn it, we got Daniel Tice, all right? <laughs> Put game, make, have him earn his minutes, earn the six fouls. <laughs> Like bring him out there. I thought second I could... greatest German player of all time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's got he's got he wants he wants to take out some 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 you know aggression on the Heat too. He was part of that series a couple of years yep. back. You true, know? true. He true. was there, and and you know what? The biggest difference between like that bubble team is we don't have to look at stupid Gordon Hayward half assing it out there playing real minutes. Uh, no, <laughs> you have Frank Tyson. Damn it! <laughs> you have Al Horford who. Don't forget, he wasn't on the Celtics during that Heat series. Oh, I he know. Really. Oh, I know. That's a big. That's a big advantage. And, and and I think like Marcus Smart, if you want to put a chip on the shoulder, Jalen. I know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum think about that yeah. Heat series every single day. They have a lot to prove. So now, if it was anybody else than Jimmy Butler, I think we'd be talking about a steamroll series. But you know, Jimmy's going to get his team up. So, uh, yeah, there's there's yeah. When it comes to motivating his team yeah. like you know jimmy has f- actually found the spot where he's able to do that and no one's no one's looking at him like yo who the fuck are you to come in here and you know and tell us what to do they're yeah. like we go as you go that's how that's how that that you want to operates sing, you want to sing hootie and the blowfish on the plane man we will let you do it you want to you know you want us all to fucking pop fucking michelob ultra we're on it we're not we're doing all that shit too <laughs> and, and, but uh zach huge call out with the kyle lowry shit because Kyle Lowry's points, he's not going to put up 40, but he's no. going to put up 17, like, clutch friggin' points. And the, and the t- you don't want him to. Right, yeah. don't, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> when you so least like, expect it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If he is – I was watching that for the Philly series, too, because I thought Philly had a chance as long as Lowry didn't play, but then, you know, that whole thing happened. See, the thing, but- the thing about that series, though, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. When they were up to nothing, I felt like, you know – like if they sweep, they if they sweep the 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 Sixers, where it was coming out of the Celtics Milwaukee Bucks series, I was like, they haven't been tested. Right, like they they went up against a you know a flimsy Hawks team. Yeah, you know, uh, you 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 had a Philly. You sort of had a chance in that series, and then Jimmy to score. I think when he dropped like forty in that in game in game five for them to be like, yo, like we we can't we can't be fucking around. Like we we we're not we're not trying to go the distance with these guys because Jimmy's also banged up. There's a lot of there's a couple of other guys on the on on the Heat that they're not 100 percent here, so it's not yeah. just the Celtics, you know, kind of worrying about who's healthy or who or, or who's or who's not. But right. 
guy like Kyle Lowry, he's he's pretty he's pretty big in what they do. But another guy that I think could um could potentially you know be an X factor for them in a game or two or different spots, Victor Oladipo. Like Victor Oladipo has taken Duncan Robinson's minutes completely since he's been back. Like yeah. Duncan Robinson is, is he's non-existent. He's you know well, Duncan DMPs. Duncan Boston though can't stay in front of me on the defensive end. All right. <laughs> But he was a big part of what they did for the last few years, though, until until Oladipo showed up, and he was injured when he showed up. Well, so you got to keep in mind the build of Miami, you know, and like you said, there's a huge difference between this Miami team and the way that they approach the game, and Milwaukee and the way they approach the game. You take a look at the player by player breakdown. Adebayo likes to play. You know, I would like to think a mid range game in. You know, that's where he's going to try to play. And he's a good passer Boston too. Could, yeah, and Boston's going to be able to defend that. Butler, a decent shooter, not a great shooter. No, no. You're going to be playing him to not be able to get to the rim. Jalen Brown, matchup perfect, perfect matchup there. Maybe even Jason Tatum. You rotate a few guys at him. Hero can be a bit of an issue. He's a shooter. He can knock it down from the outside. Struess can knock it down from the outside. You're going to have to keep an eye on him. P.J. Tucker sometimes gets loose in the corners. I sure forgot about P.J. Holy him. shit. Yeah, you're right. Yo, <laughs> Tucker's shooting like 50-something percent from the point line this yeah, yeah. playoffs. That, that rat bastard. He just sneaks off to I don't know. I don't know how Milwaukee let that, let that motherfucker walk, yo. I want to up when we were talking about Grant. You, you mentioned Draymond. I don't know if he's ever going to be Draymond, but he damn sure could be P.J. Tucker and, and yeah. be on that championship team and like be that tough guy that can shoot. 3 and D, tough guy. But, like, here, but Grant already has an advantage that he he started shooting threes early in his career. Tucker kind of like waited yeah. a little bit until he's yeah, developed he's that like, shot. He's like 35 when he started shooting. Exactly. And he's like <laughs> he's like 37 now. So, yeah. <laughs> it is but what it is. But that's the thing with this Miami team is that they do have a very specific build. And the thing is, I think Boston's defensively built to go up against these types of teams. Yep. Marcus Smart. Depoy, defensive player of the year. He's gonna match up on whoever their best perimeter guy is. He's shutting down Kyle Lowry if Lowry's even out there for some mm. of these games. You stick him out there. Say you want Max Struess out of that game. He goes out there. He's defending him. He's shutting him down. He's taking him out of the game. The focus of this defense and the way that Boston can defend on the perimeter is the best in the in the playoffs right now. Of the final four in the NBA playoffs, they are the best at defending that three-point line, and Miami's going to have to get Tyler Hero going. That's why I look at Duncan Robinson versus Oladipo, and I say, well, they're going to want Duncan Robinson out there because at least he can shoot over the defense. If they don't have that, I think Boston's going to be able to defend Miami really well, to be honest. The only thing, I agree. I agree 100%. Miami's number two in perimeter defense. Yeah. And they are set up perfectly for this, like the same way the Celtics were when Rob Williams was playing. Bam's got the paint. Like, Bam's going to be in the paint, and you can close out on shooters. I worry about, like, not having somebody down there in case they drive on him. So, like, uh, that will be that will be interesting. And that was what I was sort of getting to when I'm like, is it reasonable to think that the Celtics can continue to shoot the way they were and have role players the way they were with Miami's perimeter defense? But this is what the series comes down to. Hands down. <laughs> Man, the- the man heat, down, man down. <laughs> the Heat, the Heat have nobody that can guard Jason Tatum. Jason right. Tatum is going to put up 37 points a game. Cross, like I'm talking about. You heard it here, you heard it here first. You heard it here I'm first. I'm talking about winning every bird, boy. Is that what you're telling us? 
I, I, I swear to God, there is not one soul on Miami that can guard Jason Tatum. There's not. And, and you're not going to put Bam on him, so who the hell are you going to put on him? Well, let, let me ask this question. You've got Hero, Struess, potentially Duncan Robinson, all playing pretty big minutes. That's three guys in that rotation. None of the three of them are particularly good defenders. Hero's not terrible, I guess. Hero. What about Vincent? I haven't seen enough of him, to be honest. He's like a fake defender. Right. He'll, like, <laughs> Fair like, enough. Make, he'll, he'll make a defensive play every once in a while. I was trying to cover all bases, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and the other two suck. So at one yeah, of the so, so that that perimeter defense I'm asking is like, what is that gonna do when they're now closing out on a Jalen Brown on a well I, I would say Derek White, but we all know how that that guy shoots. Um but hey, outside hey, of this could be the Derek White series, guys. Come on, come I hope on. So. I hope so. Hey, I think I, I think I know I, I think this series is designed for him to be honest, like to get it going offensively. It might be. It might be. Like no one, no one's denying him, you know, defensively. But like, you know, if he gets gets it going a little bit here, especially in the first, you know, two games of the series down in Miami, which, you know, that's another thing that um, you know, this is the first what time happens- the Celtics, this is the first time the Celtics starting out on the road here in the playoffs. What happens if Adebayo? I think in- they're a better road team than they are freaking this playoffs team. Yeah, yeah. they've been they've been much better. interesting. The only thing that I could possibly see the Heat doing, and I think this would be. A game over for is if they do put like Butler just up in up in Tatum, Tatum. yeah. Like, but then you're gonna lose Butler's offensive. Like he's gonna be gassed. Like that's yeah. why West, the stupid West Matthews thing, which don't even get me started <laughs> on the fact <laughs> somehow got into Jason Tatum's head. Like the start of that series, I my least favorite player in the NBA. But <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Even even more so than than Danny Green. Oh well, Danny Green tore his like leg off. Right? <laughs> so it's, he's, he's good. He's 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 just he yeah. gets a pass. He gets a pass now. Pass. But West Math think that thing. West Matthews has a leg up on Danny Green. Is he thinks he's Hawkeye from whatever Marvel? Two of them still did it. Like, what are you doing? But he got up in Tatum's grill and he made it hard for him. But I think Tatum just like at the point of his career, he's just like. You can make it hard for me, but I'm going to make it hard for everyone else on your team. Ass out of this. So if Butler tries to do it, I think he's the only guy that can. Maybe, but I think that's stupid of them. I think they they need to take a Giannis approach to Tatum and sort of let him get his and keep everyone else out there. But I think that's playing with fire. This episode of the Causeway Street Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all your latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casinos and poker games. It's easy to get started, so head to our website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Last time I bring up about this series, coaches, Spo, championship level coach versus Ime, rookie head coach. How does that play out? How does that affect the series one way or another? Yeah, I think it gives Miami a little bit of an edge there with uh, with Spo. I mean, obviously the experience of being in these types of series, 
having gone to the final several times and you know having a few rings of his own. Um, I think he's going to be able to get some edges that you wouldn't normally be thinking about. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the roster. I'm thinking about this team. It's like, if Adebayo goes, <laughs> if he has foul trouble, if this is a physical series, which I think it will be in a lot of ways, maybe not as much as Milwaukee, but he goes into foul trouble, what are they doing? They're going to bring in Dwayne Dedman? Like, not yeah. That's, that's not going to be enough. No, that's, that's when, that's when OG Haslam will come off the bench, you know? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Assistant <laughs> coach Haslam. <laughs> He'll start swinging at people. But they're going to have a huge size disadvantage. Or the other Morris, or the other, other Morris twin, Marquise. Right. Hot, take, hot take alert. Uh, has Spolstra done shit since LeBron's won? Has Spolstra won anything? No, just made it to the finals once. Went to the finals. Yeah. yeah. Chat on the Heat team about not being able to come up in big spots because they only made it to the finals. Spoh's the same way. Brad Stevens made it to three out of four Eastern Conference Finals. That a gotta equals one final appearance, you know. <laughs> like, so, no ring, but sure. Yeah. Hey, I'm just saying. Like, Southern don't hang up, you know, Eastern Conference, you know, finals appearance banners, but sure. I think Spoh's a good coach. I don't think he is on the pop level like people want to put him on now. He's the best coach in the NBA. I'm not that good either. I, I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of Greg Popovich being on this whole time. Whereas Tim Duncan. Right. Delete, delete Tim Duncan and let's have the conversation. Oops. <laughs> I, I but anyway, it, back to you, sir. <laughs> it, it goes it's, like, with, it's like Belichick. Check out Tom Brady. Where would he be? Up, up. I hit a nerve. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> I am on this, and I've done it every single podcast. I was the biggest. Get Ime out of here. He has no clue what he's doing. Bring he's back, bring back Bragg. Give him the dual role of you know. GM and, and coach, right? I wanted Brad back. But you know what? What Ime is doing is working. If you're going to talk about the best coach right now, like right now, it's Ime. Ime is the best coach left of the four. Everything that he has done has worked over the past four months. Spolstra almost got beat up by Jimmy Butler four games before the playoffs. <laughs> All right. So, like, do we see another, in, you know, like exchange there at some point in the series? South, if things go south, I just don't think that we should be anointing Spolstra until he wins a championship with with somebody else other than LeBron James. Haslam is just sitting there with some brass knuckles, like, try it. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Jimmy. <laughs> try it. Just try it. No, I mean, you know, this is going to be. Uh, let's see here. One, two, three. This is going to be the fourth time that the Celtics are playing against Miami since since 2010. Fifth time, technically, because in 2010 they, you know, they they disposed of Miami in the first round. But of that, <laughs> no pun intended. I didn't realize I had done that, but thank you for catching it. Um, at some point, you, you they're going to have to beat the, the Heat after a decade plus of playing them in, in in the playoffs. So the way that the way things have been going for the Celtics, you know, Eme riding this wave, this momentum. What, what, what the Celtics are eight and three right now in this in this run. I like the Celtics' chances. Looking at it from all angles, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking Celtics in six, guys. I think that's 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 Ooh. that's my call here when it comes to this series. You don't want to play seven and go back to Miami. Yeah, like that game seven for against against the Bucks, being having it here for so many people that shit on email. Like, oh, why were you trying to play the Nets in the first round? Why did you play everyone in that final game? Like I said, man. Everything, <laughs> like he's like no, because he's looking ahead. He's like, if we have to play a game seven in the second round, depending, on, he didn't care who it was. We're playing at home, and it it paid off. Yep, 
I mean, I, I look back and say that was the smartest thing because we actually had the easiest first round series of yeah. any, any, any team in the East. No, I think you're right. And they were the only team to sweep. Um, I think if the Bucks had a re- redo, they would have they would have done the same. They would have you know played that that final game and and won the tiebreaker. Does Middleton get hurt if they play the Nets? Nope. Probably not. But I think even if he does get hurt, they still dispose of the Nets. No no problem. But that second round, like they went to distance, and you're playing Game Seven at home. And I know the Bucks. I mean, I know the Celtics beat the Bucks twice on the road, but. That third one, that that was a that, that that's a tall task to ask for. So, and I think the same thing goes in this series. I get it. Miami fans don't show up until like the second or midway through the second quarter of these games when when the, when the Heat are playing at home. But still, you want that home crowd, you want that home cooking. And I think you know the Celtics wrapping things up here in six would be fantastic. I'll say Celtics in seven because that's what I've picked every single series and it seems to be working um but i but i also wouldn't be surprised if the celtics team rolled them like i i like i think that i know and that's really what i want to pick if catch the vibe but i'm picking this safety what about you what about you zach it's just fan and that's what i've done but i i wouldn't be surprised if like I said, Tatum just has four games, like puts 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 himself on the pedestal as being arguably the best player in the NBA after this thing, going into the finals. Um, yeah, I think I think it's Tatum's time, and I I I will say it this way: I'll pick fantasy seven, but there's no way they lose. Ooh, that's bold. That's very bold. I'm gonna say seven, kind of in the same vein as what uh, what Sean's saying. I. I have a hard time believing they're just going to blow through them in four or five. I think it's six or seven, no matter what. It could be six. I think being at home, if they can get one of those first two, I don't see them losing to Miami at home. Um, so at that point, you know, do they steal one in Miami? That's what it's all going to come down to. Yeah, and I, and I have this weird feeling that they're going to take one of the first two. I think Miami, for some reason, there's – there's just a lack of something there, you know, a team that kind of, if it almost feels like that Atlanta Hawks team way back when with Al Horford and, and all those guys, you think so though, you know what? No, I, I, I disagree because it's, 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 it's Polstra. It's something about him. He, he does these savvy adjustments in, in, in the series that like normal, you know, like someone like fucking the the last coach here, a Budenholzer, he didn't make any adjustments. But Spolstra, like he'll make not only in game sure adjustments. His adjustment was to leave Grant Williams wide open <laughs> for fucking for fucking you know three, four, five straight games. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But still, <laughs> I was so pissed at him after that game, man. He was damn near he was damn near crying on the podium, like you know, like I don't know, maybe in hindsight I should have done some shit, but I I, you know, I don't know what because <laughs> he's ready going home to Mrs. Budenholz gonna make on the couch again for the next year yeah. it's like, he's like those those are my those are my heavy heavy drinking you know months after yeah. the season's <laughs> over and i don't know what else to do with myself put it is is the most deviled looking homeless like dude he looks like he's yeah. strung out all the damn time he looks yeah. like he looks like a, you know he looks like a public defender that doesn't know what to do like in case-to-case basis <laughs> He's like he's like lost like seven four straight cases. Yeah, he just he just keeps like putting his you know rolling his hair back like I don't know I don't know I don't know what to do. 
makes Tom Thibodeau look put together. That's oh, how wow. <laughs> That's how he looks. Wow, wow. Yeah, no. It just, Losing Holzer. He looked like he looked like he was going to lose his job. It's like, bro, you're you're signed for three more years. Like, relax. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to be all right. Things are working. Going to work out. You know, on your side here. Like, don't think like this is it. This is the end of the line. Like, I'm I'm done. And it's like, all right, <laughs> Go uh, all right Zach. Uh, where can where can uh, the fine folks <laughs> and the interwebs find you? Because uh, if they haven't found me by now, they're never going to find me. Your, 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 your Twitter <laughs> rants. Let me tell you, your Twitter rants, bro. Me by now. I, some of some of the most uh, interesting, I guess, passion. for lack of a better term, but I mean, it's passion. And, and for all of them, anyone who follows me on Twitter, you'll know that I am one of the all time greats, Hall of Fame caliber, reverse karma tweeter. So if I go out there and I start blowing away the Celtics and I'm like Tatum blows, fucking Jalen Brown blows, Marcus Smart is is trash. We got to trade him. It guarantees that anyone that I talk shit about. Is going to be insanely good. Like ten seconds later, it just that's the way it works. That's the way it works. So I, 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 I use that reverse karma uh, when we need it, and 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 we're going to ride right to a championship this year. Yeah, that's, a, that's the method. That's the method to your madness. All right. that is, that, <laughs> yeah. that's what you're going with. That's what's up. That's but what's it's up. Uh, at OTW Sports Radio for those of you who aren't following yet. For those of you who haven't blocked him yet. <laughs> and, by, and by the way. Stop. People are right now like that doesn't exist on this. Yeah, right, yo. <laughs> stop responding to this fuck face. I'm not even gonna give him the the, the time of day or the, shout out his his handle that has this fucking obsession with shitting on Marcus Smart. Fuck that dude. Oh, he that tried guy, with Dutra. Yeah. <laughs> he's tried with me, and you know he just he he's he just waiting for somebody to respond, and then he and then he and then he's like a fucking he's like a parasite that won't fucking get off you once once you respond yeah. to him. I had he's the troll of all trolls. He got me for one one game. I think it was like game one or two. It might have been game two. Whenever he didn't play the game, the, like, game oh, he, the game he, he came back. Yeah, he's like, oh, you shouldn't play the rest of the series. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, he's been fine all series long. And he had what game six where where Smart had like three bad minutes in the entire game, or I'm sorry, game five when he had like three bad minutes in the whole game. And I, and and let's be honest, before I I disappear here. Drew Holiday made an all-time great defensive play on two. that on that baseline. I'm two. sorry, yeah, he, that was fantastic. Two like, defensive plays in that game. You got to give a little bit of credit to that guy too. You know, you can't just pretend. Oh, Marcus Smart blew that. Oh, no, he didn't. That play didn't bother me as much because I think it was the rest of the the, D, the offense that didn't move in time, or or, or yeah. the fact that they blew a 14 point lead. Yeah, whatever. Or the fact that you let a free throw fall to the opposition at that moment. Yo, Jalen Brown and Smart like collided with each other. Let that uh, ball just slip away horrific. right into fucking Portis' hands. Horrific. He thought that was a buck, and that's why he exploded off to the baseline and yeah. didn't get. Of course, yeah. Like if he would have just went up for the rebound, I will give him any day of the week a loose ball between Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. He's getting the ball. Like just get the fuck off. Sure. That's what pissed me off the most. Because then that happens, none of the rest of the shit happens, and we win that game, and then the, the series is over. And no, I mean, I think I think the Celtics have a, a big advantage in in that department against Miami. I mean, it's not the Miami's yeah. not big. Well, yeah, Bam is what six eight, six nine. Six, Boston should have an edge. Yeah. So, all right, Zach. You know, we'll we'll check in with you. Obviously, you know, you've been our uh, out of the bullpen playoff. You know. <laughs> Playoff correspondent. Correspondent here, you know. <laughs> Anything missing if you were also going down to South Beach. 
You're all about uh, Causeway Street. We ain't we ain't South Beach up here. He just has the camera. He's like South Beach, baby. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact, <laughs> on a fucking speedboat. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> all right, man. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds man. good. Peace. Yo, yeah. One one last thing. I'm I'm, I'm gonna bring up a, a a stat here that I thought was interesting because uh, Ante the Kumpo didn't have. If you just look at his numbers without. You know, without context, right? Yep. Uh, the Celtics force Ante the Kumpo into 36 turnovers throughout this series. All right, that's the most that he's ever turned over in a series. Eight more than he did last year against Brooklyn in seven games. And his shooting percentage was at 45.7%. That's the fourth lowest in the playoff series and the lowest in the seven-game series. So, I mean, they kind of wore him out, the Celtics. I felt it. There was a definite trend happening throughout that series where he would come out strong and then fade and fade. And you know what, too? He was taking a beating. <laughs> he, was take, he was taking a beating. Yeah, Al totally, like, seriously, like, since, because that was what, game four where Al took him out? Game four, yes. It's game four that Al took him out. And then, like, since then, like, he was putting up numbers, but it felt like like inefficient for some reason. But I thought the refs. Well, I mean, in Game Seven, uh, he shot like thirty six percent. Like if you if you got if you had him shooting under forty percent for most of the game or most of the series, like you accomplished something. Yep, you accomplished something because I thought the refs. I thought the refs called him as fair as I've ever seen him be called. Like. Obviously, they missed travels. Obviously, missed offensive fouls. But they still called travels and offensive fouls on him. Yeah. Until, and, until fucking Boonholzer would, would challenge it and that was got reversed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, at least, though, at least, like, that made him have to think a little bit differently about the way he was playing from actually being after, like, play within NBA rules, you know? <laughs> like, so, <laughs> what do you mean I can't get away with five steps? Come on, this is this is this is, this is ridiculous. I just want to be aggressive, you know. I just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's wrap up this uh, this episode of the Cosmic Street Podcast. With in case you missed it, we're gonna take a trip around uh, the NBA. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. Patrick Beverly, who's been sitting at home for the last few weeks and watching the playoffs as, as a lot of players who were either got eliminated or didn't even make the playoffs. And uh, he made his, made his uh, little tour around ESPN. He was on Get Up and then he was on First Take talking about Chris Paul and how Chris Paul, who we all know, just got eliminated in seven games here to the Dallas Mavericks, pretty much said that the man that everyone keeps calling the point God can't guard anybody. All right. According to him, everybody in the NBA knows that. And he called them a cone. Mm. Like a traffic cone? The way he described it was weird. It's like when you when you shake, he doesn't move. So you can easily blow by him. That's I guess that's the that's what he was trying to get at. And he, he told Stephen A, you know, the same way you give Ben Simmons slander, the same way you give Paul George slander, give CP three his slander when it comes to him playing like shit in the last, you know, three three games of that series. Now, players who are cool with Chris Paul coming to his defense. Damon Lillard was on Twitter, you know, talking about like, yo, Pat Bev, what did CP do to you? 
And then, in, and even Matt Barnes, who was on uh, NBA Today, called him out on live on air. Like, yo, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call this man out, Pat Bev, for talking reckless and, and being disrespectful to Chris Paul, because Pat Bev is just like me. We're role players. Ain't nobody gonna talk about us when we, you know, when 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 it's all said and done. But Chris Paul, Hall of Famer. I don't know. You and I were just talking about this, Sean, off air. Pat Bev, he doesn't give a shit, right? That's just the way right. he is. Right. So I don't know. You think, you know, Pat Bev saying that was warranted? I know. I know. I I think I I know what Pat Bev is trying to say, and he's definitely warranted because. I mean that was a that's a that's a collapse, right? When it comes to the Suns, let's just get that out of the way, right? And yeah, one thousand percent, one thousand percent. And I like I I think it is very much so a good call out by Pat Bev for telling the media to like you got to treat these people the same way. Like Chris Paul chokes every single time. Like that's what I would have harped on if I was Pat Beverly. Is like okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like his his logic was flawed, but his point was right. When Chris Paul loses, it's like, oh, is this the last run for Chris Paul? It's yeah, like, yeah. It's not like, wow, he choked again. Is this hard for his, what's this mean for his reputation? It's like, they're like, wow, maybe he's not better than Magic Johnson. It's like, <laughs> like you need to put him in his place, which I do think, Pat Bever's trying to say because, like, you're right. It's like when he wins, it's like, is he the best point guard of all time? Exactly. Like, is any conversation then, like uh... then, then? Then you look at the fact that he blew five two zero leads. Yeah, and people want to even like knock like and and rightfully so knock LeBron for losing finals. Right? Chris yeah. Paul hasn't gotten to the finals until last year. Where then, guess what? He lost another 2-0 lead. So it's like, <laughs> it's like he just like Chris Paul gets all the glory and none of the hate, which I think is what pissed pisses off Pat Bev, which I get. But his logic was flawed because he was like, if you've been doing something for 17 years and had the freedom to run the Ferrari for 17 years, you'd have stats too. It's like, yeah, but I mean, he's a good player. He he puts up stats. He was a great player for about four or five years within in his career. Uh, I listened to him and I was like, bro, I see what you're saying. And I agree with you, but you're wrong in the way you're explaining this whole thing. Yeah. And I, I just feel like there were times on first take where like JJ Reddick and like Stephen I. Smith were just like, what the fuck is this guy talking? <laughs> oh, like, can we, can we just call his ass out, bro? Like, yeah. like you know yeah no and, and and jj he's another one too where i feel like he's got a lot to say but i think in that instant he should have he should have said something and he was kind of just like yeah you're right rolling his eyes like who who invited this dude who invited this dude to the party yeah like, like this is a big show eastern western conferences all just happened yeah it's pat Beth here and then everybody coming on is saying too like everybody that came on they were like that was great tv you know <laughs> It, it sort of shook up the norm, yes, but yeah. I don't think it was great TV. Well, I mean, I mean, you got Dame on 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 Twitter, right? He's like, bro, Braun TV acting like this. His word is law. Speaking on private convos and praying on motherfuckers' downfall. This weird behavior. Shaking my head. I ain't got a horse in the race. 
And then Pat responded not too long ago, yo, Dame, you got my number. So I don't, I don't know if this is going to keep going, you know, on social media or they're actually going to get at each other. But listen, like Draymond Green comes on and shits on things because he can, he, he talks shit, but it's like, even if it's flawed logic, it's actual logic. Yeah. Patrick Beverly loves to talk shit, but it is sort of like he he banks on his intimidation factor yeah. more than his logic behind the shit he's talking. So it was like Stephen A. Smith and Reddick were just like, okay, yeah, Patrick, whatever, man. Don't fucking flip out. Like, don't want Because <laughs> he, kept, he kept telling Stephen A., stop calling him God. You know, he's just like, all right. I'll take the the Lord's name out <laughs> in this conversation, I guess. Like, I don't know, dude. It's just, it's 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 Patrick Beverly, man. And no, Patrick Beverly came across to me like like a teenager that didn't study for the debate. He just thought he was going to wing it. He was like, I'm going to wing it, and I'm just going to be an asshole. Like, that's what he was doing. And it was like, uh, he had like one point to make, and he couldn't figure out how to make it. I thought, <laughs> to be honest with you, man, like, maybe put him on a podcast with Gilbert Arenas after he's all said and done and whatever. They can do whatever they want to do. But you're not going to get very far. Like, uh, Paul George is your boy, and then you want to call him out? Yeah. For saying that no one in the NBA respects the Phoenix Suns? For real. He goes, I'm not going to say his name. Actually, fuck it. I'll just say his name. Paul George. I was talking to Paul George last night. Paul's <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? What the fuck? I don't have to be friends with you. You know? No, you're right. And just because you don't like a team or a player doesn't mean that they're bad. It's just it's a personal thing, more so than a than a than a professional. Listen, calling out like and and being an analyst sort of sort of thing. Pat Bev doesn't like Chris Paul because he got he, traded for him. <laughs> he traded for Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. That's why he doesn't like. Chris That's what Paul. it is. It is. It's been like that ever since. It's been like that ever since. All right. In case you missed it, okay, this is according to TMZ, right? Disturbing allegations have come to light about Rajon Rondo having verbally abused and threatened his one-time partner, Ashley Bachelor, and their child with a gun. Bachelor reportedly was granted a protective order against Rondo, granting custody of the children. This is according to TMZ. The court granted of the emergency protective order is an indication of the claims within it. So simply put, it's like a temporary order until the parties can get before a judge and argue, you know, present their case, essentially, right? Now, uh, ESPN reported that the NBA has caught wind of this, and then they're, they're still gathering more information um, as it stands right now. It remains unclear what the league will do, but he is an unrestricted free agent at the age of 36. So... Obviously, this story is developing, and probably more will come to light. I don't know if you remember, Sean, after the Lakers won their championship in the bubble, obviously he was on the squad, there was a report that he got into it with a female in the garage of some, like, L.A., downtown L.A. area, and he was he was with his, uh, I think it was girlfriend at the time, and it got physical, in the garage, and then when he signed with the with the Hawks, yeah, it, that just all just went away. I was like, what what, what was the what was the end result of that? I don't know if 
I don't know if the two things are related, but uh, it's not looking good right now for Rondo. Yeah, man. It's uh, obviously we'll wait for the details to come out, but you know, sometimes when you're one of those borderline like Hall of Famer type people, and these type of things start to come out. I mean, technically, Rondo hasn't been a, he hasn't been accused or charged of any crime. It's just like this. I know, but yeah, it's just really the- hurt. It hurts, hurts your legacy, and uh, forget next year playing in the NBA. I mean, if the sixth ring, probably that that or even coaching, if that was you know ever an option for him either. Well, you know, for for a guy that we like to watch on the court, you hope everything sort sorted out. But at the same time, if there's any little bit of truth there, bro, I ain't I ain't about that. You know, I feel you, bro. I feel you. Yeah, so. Remains to be seen, but that's going to do it for this uh, this playoff edition of In Case You Missed It. Follow us on all social media platforms at Causeway Street. That includes Snapchat for all you wanting to see uh, some coverage down in, down in South Beach. Sway will be down there providing all the coverage that is needed for this hey. Eastern Conference Finals. Speaking of social media, should we create a TikTok? Yeah, I've been been thinking that but i'm just i'm just not a tiktok guy well, i'm not a TikTok guy we have to get somebody who's like into the tiktok to run that shit because i'm i'm not doing it we need to hire a tiktoker right just a tiktoker someone that's just strictly for tiktok i don't know how but applications in now people if you want to be cause anybody's interested here you know TikTok. dm us because I'm, I'm not doing that shit i, <laughs> I know sway definitely ain't doing that shit i damn 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 <laughs> Oh, Sway. Yeah, uh, Sway. I could see Sway getting into TikTok, but he would need a crash course. And we need, uh, yeah, that's still, yeah. We need a supplemental TikTok. Yeah. But um, also hit up uh, collegestreet.com for all your Celtics coverage. Again, a shout out to uh, Zach Pelegrin for stepping in as our third man. Oh, yeah. I forgot that happened today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I don't know how to like bring this up because I feel like it should be addressed, but just real quick. Um, our hearts go out to those affected by the Buffalo shooting over the yeah. weekend to claim the lives of 10, 10 people. And so many others were injured as well. I, I, I don't know when this shit's going to end. I can't ignore it. A lot of people shouldn't ignore it, but things need to change. Because this the the hatred that's going on in the world right now, you know, you you got a, a a war going on in Ukraine, you know, gun violence is at like an all time high here in this country. I don't know, it's just painful to, and and sad to to see how things have have gone to this point. But I just wanted to just say that real quick. As always, you know, Black Lives Matter. You know, let's stop agent hate. Let's pray for peace in the Middle East. You know. We'll always continue to stand with Ukraine, but, you know, things got to change, man. Things got to change. Yeah, man. How many more hashtags we got to read? That shit's fucked up. And also, like, happens this time, like, every single year, I feel like. Right around this time, getting into the summertime. It's like you can't up. even go to the supermarket, bro? You can't even go to the supermarket these days? Wow. Damn. Yep. But until next time, though. Um, hopefully after game two. Next episode when the uh, series shifts to Boston, and hopefully Sway will be back on and all that good stuff. So, until next time, we are out. Peace.